Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beyond Grit podcast. This is episode 12. My name is Tim McNiff, and I have the honor of sitting alongside the one and only Dr. Cinder Kampoff, author of the Beyond Grit book that has taken the world by storm. And if it hasn't yet, by gosh, it's going to. It's going to. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Tim? (laughs) I'm going to be fully transparent with everybody. We have been trying to record this particular episode. We've had a number of starts and stops for technical reasons tonight. And we are sitting here and we're smiling at each other via Zoom. And we are determined that we're going to make this our best show yet. We've got the opportunity to spend more time together. More time, getting to know each other even more. So why not? (laughs) There's always an opportunity, even if it doesn't work. And it's going to work. Because that's what we make it happen here at the uh, Beyond Grit Podcast. We make it work. As I exactly. said, this is episode number 12. We're going through the 10 practices and 52 chapters, chapter by chapter, from the book Beyond Grit. And uh, we were catching up a little bit. Uh, uh, for both of us, we just coming off of Thanksgiving. We talked a little football. Uh, Cinder was able to, uh, I guess, soothe the the disappointment of the Gopher Saturday by enjoying where you are employed, Mankato State University's football success, of which you play a role. Uh, yeah, I've worked with them for about nine years now. And uh, every for every home game, we do a workshop on mental training. So they did a really, really great job on Saturday taking on uh, Colorado State, Pueblo, and uh, winning big. So it was really fun to be on the sidelines and help support them and keep them positive despite adversity. Because, you know, just like in every sport and in life, there are things that we can't control. And it's all about our response to that adversity that really matters and shapes our life and shapes the game. So when you say you work with them, uh, just give us a brief, what does that look like? Are all the players, you, are, are you guys in a big like a, uh, like lecture hall? Yeah. So uh, before every home game, we provide a mental training workshop for them. So uh, it's usually based on something that they need for the game. And we've, we've been doing this for so long that, you know, it's like the, the tools and strategies kind of just year after year keep on going. But we talked specifically on Friday about how to deal with adversity and how to respond. And are we going to have, um, when we experience adversity, are we going to, um, be challenged by it? Are we going to see it as a threat? And we talked about specifically how to do that and really that our self-talk matters. So this relates a lot to what we talked about today or what we're going to talk about today is this automatic negative thoughts and how it really does um, negatively impact our performance in sport and business and in life and negatively impacts our relationships. 
Okay, you're making some references to what we're about to uh, go through in Chapter 12, which is don't let your negativity grow. But as we do here, before we move on, what we like to do is we like to take a look back at the previous chapter, which in this case is Chapter 11, choose an optimistic perspective. And uh, you assign some homework every week. And last week you said we should take and consider a difficulty or challenge that's in our lives right now and that we should write down three opportunities that might be created as a result of that. And can you talk to the purpose of that uh, exercise? The purpose of it is for really us to program ourselves to start seeing the opportunity more often. And even if we're experiencing a difficulty, if it's small or large in our life, there's always an opportunity. And by asking ourselves this question, you know, what's the opportunity here? What's the opportunity here? What's the opportunity here? Three times, it really helps us be creative and think, um, you know, more optimistically instead of pessimistically about what we're dealing with and what we're experiencing. And I found that by doing that, it's... I wouldn't say it's automatic. I think I have that in my mind because the chapter we're about to go through. But it really does go a long way towards pulling you out of a spiral you might be in. It, it does. And I think by asking yourself this question three times, you're really um, pushing yourself to see more than just one opportunity. It can be really difficult in, in the moment. Uh, but even in, like as we're recording this podcast, is an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity to grow and learn. I mean, there's always those kind of opportunities, even when you're experiencing something difficult. And it really does pump the brakes on negativity. Because yes. if you've had something happen, like let's say you're in the moment of, of heaven forbid, but maybe you had a fender bender, and, and you're sitting there and you're, you're caught up in that, by, by looking at this, okay, what are three potential positives that it could come as a result of this? it just automatically reframes your thinking. Absolutely. All right, so we've gone from choosing an optimistic uh, perspective into the next uh, chapter, chapter 12, and that is titled, Don't Let Your Negativity Grow. And at the start of the chapter, you have athletes uh, saying a number of things that you've heard them say to you. Um, I had a terrible game against that team a few months ago. And then the next one, it's going to happen again tomorrow. The next one, I have to bounce back. The next one. Am I playing well enough to stay? And finally, what if I get traded or worse, cut from the team? And then you go on to reveal who's saying those things. And that was kind of like a whoa moment for yeah. me. Yeah. So these are actually uh, statements that pro athletes have said to me. And I think that we typically might think like, you know, the best in the world don't experience negativity and they're really confident. You know, they never question their ability but today what we're going to talk about is that all of us have these types of thoughts. And uh, in psychology, we call this a negativity bias. And so it is really important to notice the automatic negative thought and uh, then redirect your mind to something that's more powerful. Okay, you, you, you make an interesting point right off the first uh, paragraph because you say he wasn't playing well, not because he had negative thoughts, but because he believed them. Mm -hmm. And then you want to say, we all have negative thoughts. They are called automatic negative thoughts or ants for short. And yes. uh, it's a great way to think about it because but just like the real creature, you don't want them and you got to get you rid of them. You don't want them. And I think about sort of like when you're at a picnic, right? Like, Tim, have you ever been around food where maybe there's one ant? And if you let food kind of stick around, let's say for, you know, if you let those ants continue to grow, maybe for two or three or four or five hours, you know, all of your food is covered with ants. And I think that the, the power of this 
idea. And I think this is one of the ideas in the book that can change your life. And uh, this concept I wish that I would have come up with, but it's a concept that I first read about 10 years ago by a psychiatrist named Dan Daniel Amen. And he wrote a book called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And when I first read about this concept, I was, I, it was really like um, eye-opening for me, mostly because when I was in college, I really struggled with my mental game. I was a really great runner, a state champion uh, runner in the mile, got a full-ride college scholarship. But it was really in college that I really struggled um, with this negativity, with believing in myself, even though I was very talented and typically leading my team in workouts, I couldn't put it together. And I wish that I would have realized I'm not really choosing to think this way, but these are my automatic negative thoughts. And your brain is really here to keep you safe, not help you be a peak performer. So that's why you really have to train it. Well, your, your struggle has led to our benefit because here we are. Your yeah. life's work has become working to help people uh, overcome those sorts of things. And you go on to say, we don't always choose our thoughts. Thoughts mm. have a habit of creeping in and making themselves at home before we realize they're even there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you said, Tim, I mean, I know that that happened to me in college. It happened for me, not to me. You know, it was an opportunity for me to learn and grow. And that experience really um, makes me incredibly passionate about this chapter and this idea. And the reason that we have negativity, because a lot of people ask me that, and it's really uh, uh, evolutionary in nature. You know, at some point we had to fight animals to stay alive and it was really life or death. And so your brain is here to keep you safe. It's not here to help you be a peak performer or help you be happy. And so that's why it's really important to train it. The best have command over their thinking. And one example is like in psychology, we call this a negativity bias where negative events and experiences get quickly stored in your memory and they, they last longer. So for really for us to store the positive events we have to savor them for 12 seconds or more. And savor just means like we got to take it in. We got to notice it. Like you mentioned earlier today, when you're at the beach and you just like notice the beauty, right? You're savoring it. You're, it's, it's, it's going from your short-term to your long-term memory. So there are practices like this that we can use to be more positive and that we can use to reduce that negativity. But guess what? you're always going to have negative thoughts. I don't know anybody that doesn't have a negative thought and I've been training my mind for a long time and they creep into my mind. So it's not, it's really all about, do you believe them? They're going to come in, but what are you going to do with them um, is really the key that matters the most. So it's, it's an evolutionary defense mechanism. Yes. And it's really here to keep you safe. Like you wouldn't go walk out in front of a car that's driving by, right? Like, you know, that well. safe. <laughs> Well, yeah, well. right. But right. We typically wouldn't because we know that that's dangerous. Um, and so it is evolutionary in nature. I think that's really helpful for people to realize that if they're automatic, I don't always choose them. And I, I did have this goal, Tim, that I was going to have no negative thoughts. Okay. I was like, I'm going to, this is before I, I had this idea, like, I'm just going to always stay positive. I'm going to, you know, but that's really Pollyanna. That's not realistic. And actually that negativity is really powerful at some points in your life um, and some points in your day. Um, and so it does serve a purpose, but in general, uh, I think when we let our automatic negative thoughts grow, like these ants at a picnic, then they become um, really debilitating, don't help us be our best, be our authentic self, or really help us be peak performers and reach our goals and do what we're supposed to do in this world. So it is really, self-awareness is really key here. 
Well, and as you point out in the chapter, this is weighty material. This is heavy stuff. You say at one point, our thoughts are the most important factor in our success or our failure. And then you go on to say our thoughts are so powerful that research presented by neuroscientist Caroline Leaf has found that between 75 and 98% of mental, behavioral, and physical illnesses can come from our thoughts. Again, 75 to 98% of our our illnesses uh, can come from just our mind. Yeah. And too much negativity just leads to toxic cultures, to like a downward spiral in your performance. Um, It impacts irritability, relationships, um, and, you know, it generally isn't helpful. So we can't rely on our biology, and instead we really need to take command over our thoughts. And if you think about like somebody that you admire, maybe a mentor or somebody who um, who's really made it to where you want to, uh, they, they, you can't do that. You can't do the same thing that they do with a lot of negativity. Um, and because our, our energy is contagious, whether it's negative or positive, and generally people are going to promote people if they're more positive. So it really is essential to our success and to our career and for sure to our sport performance. So we have to get control of the ants. And in your book, you identify them. And there's actually uh, eight different ones that you've kind of put names on. And yes. um, just, just, you know, rolling through them, if I may, you yes. have the examples of always slash never thinking, always never thinking, focusing on the negative in a situation, uh, mind reading, guilt tripping. So there's four. And then you have four I know you want to focus a little bit more on. And uh, the first one is fortune telling. What is fortune telling? So fortune telling is when we predict the worst possible outcome of the situation, even before it happens. And so you might apply for a job interview and say, I'm never going to get the job, you know, or maybe you predict like you, um, um, you know, crumbling under pressure. And so in your mind, you're predicting the worst possible outcome. Um, And again, what it hurts our chances of feeling good, of enjoying the moment of like performing at our best. And these, um, many of these, uh, examples of ants um, come from um, some research on distortions by a psychologist named Aaron Beck. So uh, this one comes from his list. Okay. And the next one you had was personalization. Mm. This can happen to me sometimes. So I'm just being you know, honest, <laughs> full disclosure right. here. And, and typically um, this can happen maybe when uh, someone says something to me that's really close to me, right? Like my husband or sisters. And so um, when we personalize, we personalize when we believe that negative events have personal meaning. And so we might like say when our boss doesn't say hi to us, our coach doesn't say hi to us, right? Oh man, he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me. I've heard that so many times from like young athletes. Um, or we we personalize events. We might say, um, uh, you know, that we might assume that when our teammates does something, doesn't pass us the ball, that it means like, you know, I'm a terrible player. And so we can go to these extremes really quickly. And so we have to kind of back down and we have to ask ourselves, like, what else could this mean? And usually what we go to quickly is not really the real meaning that somebody else has, right? From For, for that um, kind of what they're doing or, um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why people do what we do. And most of the time it doesn't have anything to do with us. Right, right. But I've them. been there, been there, done that. Me too. Uh, the next, if two more, uh, okay. labeling. Mm. Um, I hear young athletes say this a lot. And so 
Um, like let's say they make a mistake and instead of like seeing the mistake as um, behavior, they see it as, as a, like a, a, they label it. And so they see the, the failure as um, not an event, but a person. So let me explain. We might make a mistake and we might say, I'm a terrible football player or I'm miserable at speaking in front of other people. Um, and so what's really important is we kind of lump categories into things and we maybe make a one mistake and then we say we are and we want to be really careful about that because again you know mistakes failure is an event not a person we are not a failure we just made a mistake and and the more we can kind of separate ourselves actually the better we're going to play and um, the better we're going to do in general and the happier that we're going to be all right and last but certainly not least blaming Oh, I call this a red, dangerous fire ant <laughs> because this is the worst because we don't take responsibility for our behavior, for our attitude, for our attention when we blame. And so we're typically, um, you know, blaming someone else for our problems or our situation. And uh, we're going to talk in a little while in a future chapter about taking 100% responsibility for everything in our life. And what that means is that uh, we are. We know that we're a hundred percent responsible for where we are right now. And when we do that, then we avoid blaming, and uh, it is a red fire ant because then we we are really stuck. We can't make progress when we blame. No, I was interesting. I was going to ask you what the workaround was, but now you're telling me that that's still ahead. So gives yeah. uh, all of us uh, something to look forward to. Uh, you say that you can't believe everything you think. You can control your reactions, and you do have a choice on how you will address your ants. And the first thing is you got to notice that they're there. You have to notice that they're there. It's really difficult, I think, sometimes to notice when, when they're there, when it is a downward spiral. And, um, you know, we're going to talk in the next couple of chapters about how to actually address those ants. But number one is uh, to really for self-awareness, like noticing the thoughts is really key. And just notice them. You don't always have to change them. And sometimes I kind of laugh them off and I'm like, ha you know, there you go again, Sandra. That's not something you need to believe. Or I fact check it. And I ask myself, like, is that, is that, is that thought really a fact? Do I know that to be true? No. I, I you know, when I kind of go to negative things about myself, I might, well, you know, actually this time that I did really, really well at this, you know, event or um, at this uh, task. And so it's not true. And so we do have to uh, be really careful with uh, what we believe because especially what we believe about ourselves, we become. So we need to nurture that self-talk. Um, and the first step is, is always awareness. Listening to you say these things, it, it really hits home with me that how important it is to consider this a process. Because you're not, I'm not going to, and the people I think, I, I hope they're listening and hearing this and reading along in the book, we're not going to be great at this right away. We, no. we really have to stop and think yeah. about it, don't we? And learn yeah. how to do this. We do. And I don't think it ever ends, to be honest. You know, like I'm still on a daily quest to master my mindset. It gets easier because I know um, maybe my, the ways that I get in my own way and the ways that, um, that I experience ants because I've been paying really close attention. But the way I kind of think about it is mindset is your engine. It powers everything that you do, everything. And it powers your actions. It powers your beliefs in yourself. It powers your destiny. 
but it's not like riding a bike. And what I mean by that is you used to ride, you know, when you think about when you learned to ride a bike, we were like five or six years old, maybe four, I don't know. And if I get on a bike today, I'm going to remember exactly how to ride that bike. And so um, the key is mindset isn't like that. It is a daily practice. It's not something once you learn about automatic negative plots, you're never going to have an automatic negative plot. You know, that's just in, uh, unrealistic. So it's like every day you got to be aware and then direct your mind to what's going to help you. And you can tell that I'm incredibly passionate about this subject. I can tell. No, her. it's great. It's great. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here listening to you. And, and, um, I guess I just, for those of us, again, who are kind of on this journey and we aspire to be kind of where you are, you know, what, what's the long-term payoff? I mean, I mean what, how is oh, it wow. personally, like for you, what has it done for you being able to control your ants? Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, I'll be vulnerable here for a little while. Is I, that okay? Of course. Of course. Um, what it's done for me, I think it's helped me build the business that I know that I can lead. Um, and it will help me continue to grow my business even bigger. So, you know, for the entrepreneurs out there, for the business people, it is essential that we master our mindset because we are really leading, leading your business. In sport, um, you know, I was able to run uh, a personal best in the marathon um, and uh, win a marathon. I know because of I was able in the in the race to. Uh, address my automatic negative thoughts because at mile 20, you know, I was, I was really struggling and the ants were really, really loud. Um, I had six more miles to go and it was really easy just to give up. And if I didn't have this training, if I wasn't aware of my thoughts, I wouldn't have been able to win that race. And I, I ended up winning it by like five minutes. <laughs> I think, yeah. because, I mean, it was my, it was my mindset. I think I'm also able to work with male teams, you know, um, and uh, work with, with pro teams as a female, which can sometimes hold uh, females back, right? Like we maybe um, haven't played football or played the sport. And I think those are the ways it's really helped me in terms of, um, you know, addressing those automatic negative thoughts and continue to, to think powerfully about the value that I provide and the impact that I can make. And so I'm hopeful, like, as I'm sharing this, that it's inspiring other people and they're saying, yeah. You know, I need to know, I need to level up my self-talk because I want to reach that or I know that I'm holding myself back in this way or I want to have more impact or, um, you know, reach these certain type of people that I know that I'm there to serve. And so when we get in our own head about things, it really limits us, doesn't allow us to shine and really be at our best. Well, I think it was important there just for a moment to, to get out of the book and then really to get into, you know, you. And so I appreciate you sharing that, 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 yeah. that's important for us to kind of get that. Okay. This is what it can do. Um, mm -hmm. So we're at the point now where we ask the homework for the week. The homework for the week. So what I encourage people to do is take out a piece of paper and I'd like you just to document the ants that you might have to increase your self-awareness. And uh, I think if we do that, you know, what are the ants that you have that may be reoccurring? What are the ants that you have, the automatic negative thoughts that you have that pop up a lot for you? And just sit down someday this week, write a list out so you can become more aware and you can catch yourself uh, uh, when, when you experience them in your mind. Because guess what, Tim? Like, we're the only one that hears it. And many times we are not very kind to ourselves. We would never say what we say 
to ourselves to a best friend. Or I would never say what I say to myself to you, Tim, right? Or to my husband or to my kids. So a first step is awareness. Beautiful. All right. If I may, the high performance power phrase for chapter 12, I reduce my ants so I can reach my fullest potential. I make a commitment to think productive thoughts so that I can do my best. And with that, we roll on to our gritty person of the week. Do you want to start? I do. And uh, he really relates to the topic that we're talking about. So I've been admiring or admiring, I guess to be with the word PJ Fleck for a long time since he came to Minnesota as the Gophers football coach. And I want to um, acknowledge him as the gritty person of the week. There's a lot of doubters uh, that he had as, you know, he came to Minnesota and um, historic season for the Golden Gophers. He was just today uh, voted as uh, one of the coaches of the year for the for the conference, uh, voted by the conference coaches. And I think we were talking off air, Tim, about how that would be, you know, of, you know, the one ver- uh, voted by the media versus the conference coach of the year voted by the coaches. Like, that's the one that you really want because that's like your peers saying, Hey, great job. And I, I love the way that he leads. I listen to his press conferences. They're so psychologically informed about being in the present, about staying gritty and uh, staying excited. And, and he brings the positivity. No, no room for negativity on that team. You know, I was going to go with a different direction, and I'm not. I'm just going to stay with you on this one and just concur mm. with you. And I just want to add one thing. As people kind of try to come to grips with the fact that people saying today we were going to go to Pasadena, but they blew that, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Exactly. He's he's in year three. He had, he had five offensive linemen two years ago. You, you, if you only have five offensive linemen, one gets hurt. You don't even have an offensive line. So to think where they are in a little more than two years is remarkable. And, and so uh, I am really, um, you know, uh, appreciative of the job that that he has done to this point in year three and um i also want to point out that these kids have the highest gpa collective gpa that they've ever had they are they're contributing in the community you know they go and they they do things you know together and and you know knocking on wood when i say this because we're talking about young men uh they haven't made any real major gas we were always forever putting out fires where this program and some others around it were concerned. And he seems to have really brought a good positive culture. So maybe they didn't produce the, uh, the, the signature win that we all wanted on Saturday. They were still 10 and two. They matched Alabama this year. And that, that is remarkable. So nice job, uh, PJ Fleck. I, I agree with you and your choice for gritty person of the week. And uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to thank you you gritty person for joining us because what we want to do here at the beyond grit podcast is we would like to help you reach your peak potential. So we encourage you to check out this and the other great content you can find in the NSC blog page, which is beyond the bench. You can also leave us your questions and or comments there. You can also find the beyond grit podcast on Spotify and an Apple podcast where we would encourage you to rate and review us so that we can grow and influence and help reach more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliant content. So uh, before we wrap it up, um, I just want to wish you and the Mavericks uh, good luck in, in the upcoming game on, on Saturday. I know you're traveling, so safe travels. And and we had to work four times to get this uh, this podcast uh, today. And so we did we were, it. And- we were gritty people. 
And I was channeling when you said, like, this is going to be the best one yet. I was like, let's go. So, uh, <laughs> like, I was extra passionate. So, hopefully that came through. Uh, you are always the best. Today. All right. Well, on behalf of Dr. Cindy Kampoff, I am Tim McNiff. I want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, stay gritty. Stay gritty, everyone. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSC blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.